All right, and welcome back to the show. Uh, I am John. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we're professional. Oh, wow. Buddy. I am joined by John and Nick Ross, uh, two new co-hosts to the show. Um, they are sitting in. We're going to be talking about kind of just some more economically-centric things and some more um, less of kind of the entertainment news that me and Q usually do. Um, if you are listening to us right now, tell a friend if, uh, you know, they'd enjoy the show. We are episode 65 or 66. I kind of forgot. Um, we are Twitter at HPR show, um, hotline that got disbanded at one point because nobody called in and I forgot to keep using it. Patreon.com forward slash HPR show. Um, and we were brought to you by Chaley Freelance and Ghostwriting. Um, so, guys, first so, time on a podcast? It is for me, yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, well, we are not a professional operation, so you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> one, th- think- one thing I do want to say before we like kick off here is that um, one thing I was a little bit nervous about was, well, not nervous, but just, uh, it's kind of cringy. The sound of my voice, whenever I hear it on a recording or on audio. Oh, same here. It is up there with one of the most cringiest uh, things. I hate my voice so much, and having to check the levels when I do the audio editing okay, I'm, so is miserable. I'm not alone there. You never get over okay. it. No, definitely. And I, I know it's a kind of an irrational thing in the sense that it's it's just the uh, the way the the audio waves pass through the air when you're you know, listening out of a device. Well, It'll, so it, let me let me shave my hair and put my Joe Rogan hat on. Oh, uh, boy. oh no. <laughs> oh, God. Do you know why most people don't like public speaking and like hearing the sound of their own voice? Why is that? Enlighten me. In like tribal society predating most civilization when you were up in front of other people, you were fighting to de- or you were arguing to defend your presence in the tribe. So like mm. your public your fear of public speaking and fear of hearing your own voice is like very much evolved down from that. Mm. Hmm. Allegedly. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd stay in the tribe if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's half psychological, half physio- physiological, because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's kind of yeah the way the. Hopefully, that'll just wane with time. The more you hear yourself. Yeah, I think that'll wane pretty quickly, actually. Oh yeah, it, it will <laughs> definitely in this room. But yeah. like when you go to listen to the show later, if you do, you're gonna be like. Oh, that's how I sound, and I sounded like that for two hour for for an hour or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, people listen to me all day long, and I haven't gotten any egregious complaints, so I figured I'd hear. <laughs> I would have heard by now if someone just hated the sound of my voice. Yeah, that's my thing too. Hopefully, like, we're doing okay. No one has ever said, "Hey, Nick, guess what? Your voice is stupid." <laughs> and no one has ever said that. So, uh, in fact, I I tend to hear that I have a low voice, which that's good. But, it's but soothing. When I, but yeah, when I you hear get a good it, voice, you get yeah, good radio voice. Thank you. But when I hear it myself, it sounds high and cringy no but, you have yeah, a good npr radio voice thank you there it is <laughs> that's it. the one <laughs> yep. all right on point <laughs> anyways so where do you guys want to jump in uh the world's literally trying to go to war so we've got a lot of news to cover and Oof. oops there's no shortage domestically either yeah it's easy to let it get overwhelming because there's just so much to focus on and there's so much that's skewed one way or another. It's hard to just receive objective information, especially when all of it is bad information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, none of it is... It's all biased. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Everybody has a version of the story they want to be told. I think probably the most um, newsworthy thing that we absolutely should touch on today, I think 
did Ukraine join the EU today, or did they just start the process? Um, well, separate of that, I think the most important thing to talk about today, especially given the movie we're watching, is the collapse of Russia's largest bank. It hasn't yes. collapsed, but it is mm-hmm. on the brink of falling off the edge. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is... I can't think of a reference that is appropriate to use. Um, <laughs> talk about Bear Stearns. Yeah. It's in the movie. Oh, you're trying to yeah, I mean, parallel it? The no, I was, I was banks cool. is, is pretty you know, intertwined with what we were, I don't know, think it would, would be one of our main topics. But, I mean, for one, you have the currency basically deteriorating. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, Their which, interest rate going up to 20% today. Is, what, that, is 20, that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. And there what? were a lot of people who expected Russia to be pretty recession-proof because they had so much Forex. Mm-hmm. money stored up oh they planned but then their assets got frozen so they weren't able to trade and offload those mm-hmm. in order to generate more value ruple is it a ruple it's a ruple yeah ruple. yeah, yeah. So, it's like so the, the ruple didn't have the recession proofness to it so that they yeah built. so in order to i mean I'm, I'm not sure if this is totally if the mechanics are totally right but basically they would have the the derivative like the forex instruments to kind of hedge against the the devaluation of their currency right right but in order to in order for that to work out, you have to unwind. The bank can't yeah, be seized. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you have to actually be able to unwind those positions right. to actually if, if, yeah, like have that hedging actually mm-hmm. take place. Like mm-hmm. to yeah, um, to reverse the, the damage, so to speak. But it's like they had a very strong apparatus. Like picture a uh, pro wrestler or something, you know, wrapped up in a boa constrictor that just couldn't do anything. It's like, oh man, all that power and it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Poor John Cena, huh? <laughs> well, on a lighter note, it is in heart in heartening. You know, there's disheartening. What's the opposite of disheartening? Heartening. It is heartening. Yeah. To hear about all the anti-war protests from within Russia, you know, it's just nice to be reminded yeah. that it's not 100% of Russia is, sure. you know, a favor, in favor of what's going on. Right. Yeah. And I think that's always nice. Do we have an idea? It would be responsible for us to also right. throw out that Russian Americans did not invade Ukraine. Do not start treating oh. your fellow American yeah. poorly because the leader of a nation decided to go completely off the rails. Of a nation they a, left. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and create a pariah state. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of common sense, but it gets lost very easily. Is there a consensus on what percentage of Russia is like? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen that. Or against this. I mean, I don't know. I, know Dude, that- I imagine it's like playing pandemic, though. You've got people getting infected with the virus, healthy people and like dead people. Yeah. And it's like people protesting and people getting killed by the right. government wonder, for protesting. Right. I wonder how much over there people are just afraid to ask their neighbor how they feel about it because it's you know, i don't know they're protesting the i don't streets. know wait some but i don't right, know yeah. you know percentage wise out of the population the countryside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just hard to get a grasp on well and the crazy thing is there's a lot of videos of like russian soldiers breaking down crying when they get confronted by ukrainians who tell them like you are not doing a peacekeeping mission and like mm-hmm. the propaganda machines failing when they arrive um that's encouraging mm-hmm yeah, yeah, it's just, it's bananas how indoctrinated they've become, uh, um, which is the not encouraging side of that coin. Yeah. But it's good that they're not blindly following, that not all of them are blindly following all Yeah, absolutely. Orders. Definitely. They're um, Belarus, maybe? There was cluster bombs sighted in a Russian puppet state, and cluster weapons have been banned by the Geneva Convention. Oh, boy. Um, so it will be interesting if those are used. Um, 
I also think like contrary to what a lot of people would expect me to say in this exact moment that we probably we need to tread very lightly with Putin because we as in the a US. nation yeah like we've got yes. news broadcasters going on going oh he's bluffing about using the nukes like mm, well in two hours news. we'll find out what Joe himself thinks uh, it's seven right now oh, so you know, state uh, of the union is tonight as oh. we're is he doing like a live stream or a commentary or something or what state of the union I believe oh, they oh, call oh, it TV oh, you're refusing <laughs> you're referring to actually is, Joe Biden is not he doing Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah I Joseph <laughs> Robinette Biden okay yeah 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 that should be interesting eh? oh um, but there was a news, what brought this to my attention was there was a news broadcast the other day that they broadcast nationwide that was titled, What is the Purpose of Having a World if Russia Isn't in It? Mm. It's very egocentric. Yeah. But yeah. It, it also, if that's the mentality of the government and they've gotten as many nukes as the entire rest of the world combined. It's not great. Nope. Yeah, they've got enough nukes to end, to carpet bomb Earth. 250 times over or something i don't think it matters oh after number God. one <laughs> yeah. yeah people say people yeah. certainly say yeah because it's kind of a one shot wonder here mm-hmm. oh well yeah maybe i'll you tweet guys think we're the only life in the universe absolutely not. oh so we're going there huh i mean <laughs> if we snuff out earth in a nuclear apocalypse in the next week it'd be interesting the thoughts on whether or not we are the you're gonna fly somewhere else in a glider i mean it doesn't matter if we are we're not making it there uh, yeah, pro- I mean, well, I don't know. I think I could make it. That or I'm whoever's I'm watching over us might say, oh, shit, they actually did it. They like, mm, fucked yeah, themselves. The, the monkeys ah. did it. I can curse on you, right? <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah, okay. You think the um, aliens will reveal themselves well, once they might we be like, start oh, trashing the place? Oh, like that, their experiments, like, it's done, right? You think someone so might now we can swoop pause in the simulation and on. hit restart? I mean, well, <laughs> that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> and by the way, I'm not totally against the simulation, simulation argument yeah oh here we go um uh, you know i don't know if you know i don't know if we quite want to good on that road i don't know if any of us maybe know, not yet Save know it for enough to speculate all righty we were talking aliens before we got cut off by me clicking a wrong button um yeah i feel like i know enough to be the king of stupid mountain but definitely not enough to clearly articulate an intelligent point yeah okay i feel i resonate with that uh where you, where you go where were you going with that? I was just saying I don't know. If, I mean, you know how much we can go down that route and and <clears throat> you know talk about uh, the what was that theory that I referred to earlier? What, Fermi paradox? The, no, just nope. the um, oh the simulation argument. Oh yeah yeah. Just the fact that there's um, gosh and I wish I had reviewed this before we started it. Had I known we'd talk about it, but there's, there's no telling where we go in the right, show exactly at but, any given time yeah but there's a there's kind of a statistical argument where it's like assuming given how much time there's been how much time has elapsed right since the beginning of the universe which we can with some articulation like you know determine when when that was uh given how much time has elapsed and given that we exist there comes with that a assumption that we're almost certainly not the only one and assuming that we've made X amount of progress in this amount of time. There must have had to have been enough civilizations to far surpass our, you know, abilities, capabilities, right. uh, innovation, stuff like that. If right? somebody was on like a smaller world that cooled off faster and allowed life to flourish right. sooner, yeah. they could have had tens of thousands, <clears throat> millions of years ahead jump on us. And right. got lucky enough to not self-obliterate or get hit by a flying, you know, right. meteor. Right, and yeah, I forget another rock. Right, and I forget the connection, but there, there's like a, um, it's like given enough time, it, it only 
it's only reasonable to expect that these civilization these civilizations would create uh, a know, simulation in yeah. order to have a more perfect exactly life exactly. and then rinse know. and repeat so, and rinse and repeat and, yeah and so once you kind of extrapolate that on a on a macro you know on a, on a continuous so it could basis, be like inception where like the universe is actually ending way over here and we're on like simulation 130 right that is slowed down so much to the point that like it's an asymptote. The universe is mm-hmm. ending, but we'll never see it because we'll continue to make slower and slower simulations to exactly. evade and, uh, and, and eventual heat death. And I think the way the argument works is you're, it actually turns out that you're much more likely to be a simulated universe than you are a simulated world or civilization than you are to be the original, to be an actual, yeah, the original a prime right? earth because there, there would have been so many copies and so many iterations of it that there the likelihood of you being the original is is very wow. you know and it's kind of like a humbling thing too it's like yeah you're kind you know, of taking away motivation it, there when you think well, about it like that a little bit but also not because like this is you know we're all conscious for all we know mm-hmm. we we and have if that's an all that matters then that's yeah, all that matters exactly we ha- you have an experience there's su- such thing as good and bad experiences and so as soon as you admit that then you have a moral you know and we get into morality and how we should orient the world but you basically you know the fact that there's good and bad experiences and there's, you know, better, better and worse ways of, of treating people and treating human beings, you, that admits of some kind of moral landscape where you have to figure out, okay, how do we, how do we live together and, and be happy? And you ever heard of Kurt's Gazette, the YouTube channel? I don't think oh, so. Oh, it's excellent. It takes concepts like this good? and breaks it down into, re- yeah, that sounds like something I'd be really into. You, you're you're going to binge watch it tonight after I show you an episode nice. when we finish. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, awesome. Um, they do one on nihilistic optimism, which is basically like, if nothing matters, congratulations, you can make anything of life because you don't have to treat, or you don't have to treat everything you come into contact with as sacred because you're the first one there or it's untreaded territory or anything. Mm-hmm. You can reach for the stars because nothing matters. You might as well do the most of, uh, make the most of it. Um, yeah. I mean, um, that's me. My bad. Oh, you're good. That sounds nice. Uh, yeah, it's a cool video. But yeah. they also do one on simulation theory. Um, also on aliens, they do one on the Fermi paradox, which is basically why we haven't seen proof right. of aliens. Right. Uh, how convenient that they're there, but we haven't seen them. Mm-hmm. I like that argument. Uh, do you guys know what the dark forest theory is? No. Not yet. <laughs> You're about to. Uh, the dark forest theory is that everything no, everything of intelligible intelligible life does not include me currently as I bumble over those words. Um, oops. Oops. Um, everything who can get to space is smart enough to know that there's a predatory alien species in space that seeks out any intelligent life and snuffs it out. And the fear of being one of the species that are snuffed out is why there's everything is hidden. So the idea is that while they're so intelligent, so powerful, they still haven't found us or know about us or care to travel here to obliterate us. Or we're below a threshold to be targeted. Uh, not worth it. Yep. We're not even worth, you know, we don't even have value we're as just monkeys service members. That tablets. I could definitely see. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding? Like, I mean, who would they, waste their fucking, <laughs> who would waste their time even, <laughs> even giving us the time of day? I mean, seriously. I mean, look, I mean look at, look, look at what we're doing That's the message you here. should look send the, to them. Look at the world we live in. I mean, it's an absolute clown show. I mean, for the most part, there's some good stuff about it. But yeah, they came through, nice. watched a press conference, and went, "We'll give that thousand years to simmer." 
Uh, it's like they were watching like pasta sauce being made. They're like, awesome. Let's that let that reduce a little bit more. It's yeah. not ready yet. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. There's also the theory that any species that could co cooperate well enough to um, mentally make inter, uh, interstellar travel also would be of the mindset to not conquer other planets. Like the fact that we want to go to other planets and conquer them and yada yada mm-hmm. is like immediately precludes us from having the ability to work together and get to other planets. I don't know. Mm. If we went to Mars and set up camp and called it conquering another planet, that'd be pretty self-absorbed and not <laughs> accurate as to what we, we were just camping hey, on a big rock that's we, farther from the sun. Basically. We beat the fuck yeah. out of those amoebas. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, go us. <laughs> they found, they found uh, water on Mars, which probably means there might be some sort of microbiome on it. And... Yeah. It wouldn't be shocking, nor would because the moon used to be like a third of its size, and it got hit by an asteroid and <clears> splintered <throat> off. And so there's probably a ton of space dust that carried a lot of bacterial life hmm. at some point. Boy, that is a really oversimplified like creation of the Earth. That was nice geology story. <laughs> like somebody who knows exactly what I'm talking about is like you glossed over a dozen important details. Like there. a lot of things <laughs> that happened. <laughs> um. Uh. Yikes. <clears throat> so, already off on tangent one. Um, yeah, it was do we nice. cir- circle back to the news? Yeah, we can. Sure. What else we yeah. got? Um, Nick, you've got some items. You want to hit those? Yeah. Well, I mean, we touched on um, the Russia, uh, Russian bank, central bank, uh, essentially. Well, obviously, not, collapsing like not a looking dying star. Good, right. To bring not in looking space. great. <laughs> um. So, and I, I, one of the things we wanted to touch on today is. Well, I guess just surrounding topics related to the the movie The Big Short, which I think is a it's a it's a good movie, you know. But I think it at some sometimes it could be a little bit misunderstood. Misunderstood uh, for, for, for in reasons. what way? Well, I think a lot of and I, I could be totally wrong here. So audience, you know, whatever. To, if you don't think this, then whatever. But um, I think a lot of people think that the big dogs right on Wall Street were they should have a heavy heavy blame kind of allocated to them like if if like if anything they should have almost the most amount of blame mm-hmm. John, do you guys agree with that do you think yeah, that's basic kind of a, logic a big, says that spot on yeah well yeah i'd make the argument if and it's interesting i don't know if, if that's not the case there was a lack of there was a lack of government oversight at some point i yeah. don't know if it's governmental or third party um yeah but something should have been in place that was able to come in with a common sense and say, yes. hey, guys, this is a bad fucking idea. Yeah. Well, speaking of common sense, I mean, you can always, this is easier said than done, but blame the people who are taking the loans. You know, if I make 50000 yeah. a year and I'm taking I do also a right. loan for a house that's 500000 right. I mean, my <clears throat> common sense should tell me this is stupid and right. I can't afford this. But, you know, you, it's a little harder to put the blame on all of the quote unquote little people right. in that situation. And so, yeah, I agree with both of those things you guys said. And I think so, so, yeah, I just know that there are a good amount of people that think, I don't know what percentage, but I think there are a good amount of people think that wall street is, is almost entirely, uh, or at least over 50% to blame. But after looking at kind of just overall, all the moving parts, I think ultimately it was the, it was the loan officers. It was the banks that were 
giving out these loans, mm-hmm. knowing full well that these were unqualified people who <laughs> in no way were in a position to repay the loans, much less afford even the monthly payments. And so there became these, these, um, these t- different types of mortgages. And I think I jotted down some things here, but they, they started implementing these things called, you know, th- there were, there were interest only loans. There were, uh, adjustable rate loans, basically just creating different types of mortgages to, uh, enable people to, to, yeah, to get as many loans. Lo- exactly. Exactly. And so when you're talking about the, the overall collapse, you're talking about a lot of people, um, that just were not, they didn't have the, the wherewithal to, to basically take out these loans. And so the, the underlying asset to begin with, or the, the underlying, you know, collateral. debt, yeah, the collateral, the, yeah, the, the debt, it's, it's bad debt. It's not, you know, usually debt's good and it's because it's cheap. You know, if, if interest rates are low enough, it's, it's basically just guaranteed cash flow, right, for, right. for these banks. I mean, look at and right so, now, interest rates over the past two years have been down around right. like 3%. Right. And, and how, housing prices are up because so many people, myself included, I just bought a house last year um, in the fall uh, because rates were so low. I was like, shit, I, I can put 8% or 5 I can put as little as my i could the I, minimum they let you put down yeah i think i could put three percent down if i wanted i didn't i put ten percent down but i could have put three percent down and gotten like a you know a three percent um uh interest rate which is really attractive i mean that's like i mean why wouldn't i take that it's almost you know it's not free but it's it's almost free money mm-hmm. you know They're, well and when you look at the return on the market being seven percent mm-hmm. on average or whatever it is right. um you go Oh, so I'm making five percent free cash. Mm-hmm. What you don't also know is that your bank's also betting on your right um, invested money and doing right. the exact same thing. Right. But- so <laughs> and so what these banks did was they said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna basically churn out as many loans as we possibly can, and then we're gonna take a collection of them, put them all together, and then sell them to an institutional bank, uh, an investment bank, right? Mm-hmm. And so that right there is is the kind of the. Um, that's the bottom, you know, section of the of the Jenga, you know, whatever the, the, tower. the Jenga tower, right? You're you're starting to begin with. You're starting with a really lousy foundation, right? And as soon as enough people, I think the the number was like as soon as the default rate on these mortgages overall, like in the U.S., hit like eight percent, right? Something like not, really low. Yeah, really low. Like well, something that wouldn't really, sound really that high bad compared to what the average Correct. typically is. Correct, but like. A very hittable number, right? It, a very hittable number, and as soon as that happened, you know, you have people that, um, yeah, these these loans were just bad, and so I think the, yeah, I think the the, it's um, like having a renter who you know is going to keep on not making their rent payments, mm-hmm. and then you look up and you're like, I'm six months behind, and if I evict this dude, I'm out two grand, and I've wasted a year where somebody could be paying me, right? Well, and the thing with these is like, I, I even, I looked into it today and I, I saw that like there were situations where if someone couldn't uh, afford their, uh, if, if say they did an adjustable rate, so they have a, they have a, a teaser rate, right? To mm-hmm. begin with, like a, like a one, one and a half percent or 2%, whatever teaser rate that would expire. And then once they, once their first like real payment came due, they could just refinance and the bank would basically take that owed balance, tack it on to the end 
right to the to the total principal and so it's like this yeah so they just like, turn it into never, a 35 yeah, it's, year it's like they never have to year. pay and it's like well yeah you know obviously that's not sustainable right so right eventually the um, bills come comes due exactly or the bank looks up one day and goes i need some money because exactly. i loaned it all out and the only and the only thing that made this uh, like even somewhat viable like the way that this was in theory sustainable was only if housing prices kept appreciating because then the banks, the, the 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 loans could go to shit, but the bank could still repossess the asset, right? They, right. they could pay themselves back that way, but um, if if the housing prices didn't appreciate at a, at a rate over and above what their cost was, like for the or what they were losing from well, from what the happened a lot back then is appraisers were told basically if you don't if you know John if we want more work to come to your firm's uh, doorstep. Mm-hmm. This house really needs to appraise so that we can get this loan through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the same thing. There was a scene in the movie when they were talking to the lady who just went to the eye doctor and <laughs> trying to figure out if she was blind. <laughs> yeah, and they were saying, so if you don't approve it, they're going to go to someone else. And she was saying, yeah, we have to take this business because it's free money for us as long yep. as we put the approval stamp on it. And then going back to what you said, Nick, about people putting blame falsely on the banks or falsely on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really just the people on Wall Street were just capitalizing off of a broken system. They, you know, they were just taking correct. advantage. It's so there's like, enough blame to yeah. go around. Oh, they're oh, they're betting on the numbers and the outputs that they're seeing. Right, right. But they're not um, directly interacting with the loans in such a way that really, like, what did we tear down? Glass-Steagall? Is that what it was? The, there was an act back in the early 90s, I guess, that we got rid of that prevented banks my money that I invest for security purposes could not then be used to gamble on investments. Oh, oh I don't know. Uh, I was a child at the I time. I think I saw that. Yeah, and so what was... this opened up was banks were able to use like a larger chunk of assets to finance these loans, which mm-hmm. is why people's savings accounts dried up and stuff mm-hmm. because they were like... They were using liqu- their their liquidity yeah. from just regular, regular everyday people. people's accounts they were to actually yeah. buy this debt. Yeah, yeah their they were, required yeah. minimum In reserves the form of bonds, were decreased. Were so decreased. they had to keep yeah. a lot lower volume of and, cash actually in their vault. And their right. internal usable cash increased at the same time Yeah, right. by gambling with other people's So money. that exact thing is what happened to Bear Stearns, which my dad worked for for about 10 years. Um, they had a heavy exposure to these securities, which, you know, the, the mortgage basket securities and, and, um, basically it, it, they were one of the first, like, uh, you know, Jenga blocks to, to fall off the tower, right? They were, they didn't have enough liquidity to basically satisfy the obligations when these things went to shit. Mm-hmm. Um, they had so much exposure and so little liquidity to basically cover their asses that JP Morgan had to come in and offer them, by the way, backed by the fed. The Fed backed J.P. Morgan in this deal to say, "Yeah, we'll bail you out, but uh, we're going to buy you for like on the cheap, right? <laughs> so, Pennies on the dollar." Yeah. So then you have people losing their jobs, and you know, my uh, it's actually the reason why I ended up here in Atlanta, which is kind of a blessing in disguise because I, I never would have ended up going to Wesleyan or meeting you guys or um, living in this part of the part of the state or part of the country. Um, but it, yeah, definitely, we were very lucky. It, it was. A bad, bad time for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's like, there are people around Atlanta who were residential home builders who were tied up in, you know, hundred, like, how many housing developments did we grow up driving by and stuff where it's like, 
Man, they never did finish construction on that. Yeah, and I never kid. really understood yeah, why yeah. because, you know, I didn't listen to the news when it came on and they were talking about the stock market. That was as soon as I tuned out. Mm-hmm. Is that right? So you saw you saw a lot of development around oh, uh, Georgia. There that... was a neighborhood uh, a mile down the street from me that, like, they just start. They had built the front gate and paved the um, first street in the first cul-de-sac, and had poured concrete foundations for like three houses, and then closed the gate. And they just finished building the first home six months ago. This, that oh started construction God. in oh seven oh eight. Yikes! <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was. It's kind of wild to like drive by it now and see houses like actually be in it because i've gotten so used to just oh yeah when you're driving that way that's when you pass the front gate looking thing it's like a landmark and now you're like oh it's a fucking neighborhood again (laughs) there's signs of life feel like uh jeff goldblum in uh jurassic park life finds a way oh my gosh yeah (laughs) yeah no that's a good way to look at it but uh generally speaking just about the movie um you know, there are so many... I love that they transparently just broke the fourth wall to break down concepts that they knew would go over the yes. head of, I don't know what percentage that of the audience. That was really smart. And, but, lo- and, oh, even, yeah. and even those efforts, I think, like even myself watching the movie when it came out, I didn't. I still didn't quite understand. I understood it on a very right, macro level. Right. I would Same say here, I every if, single yeah. person who didn't go to business school our age. Yeah. yeah. Like this is was yeah. their introductory But even learning. if you're familiar with a CDO... It's nice just to have the instant refresher because mm-hmm. I could have understood it without yeah. those, but yeah. it definitely helps. Also, yeah. you know, For sure. it makes well, you giggle during a very serious movie. Yeah. But um, and the credit default swaps—that was one that like I, I had to kind that of. That was a little confusing. That was a little confusing because that's really a. Um, it's basically an insurance contract. So Michael Burry, he would buy mm-hmm. an insurance contract on these. Um, on these mortgage-backed bonds that you basically, yeah, he would, he would pay a premium to the investment bank, Goldman Sachs, whoever it is, who wants to sell them these. Uh, and they, they basically look at that as free money because there's no way that people are going to stop, or enough people are going to stop paying point. their mortgages. They, they're not going to crush it. But he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy the insurance because when... I loved. I loved when he <laughs> the, said... The use of when. Like, that scene. The knowing he, you're in the right. Yeah, if you guys remember, like when he was like... You know, when the bonds fail, I want to be certain of, of payment. Uh, so we'll have to work that, you know. <laughs> and they're, very they're cackling yeah. because he's spending a million bucks to yeah. just sit there and to them light the money on fire. I think he was one point. I think at one point in the movie, he says he was he was one point three billion. Mm-hmm. In, in, in the whole. In, yeah. yeah. Um, How much money did he wind up making? Do you guys know? I think. I don't remember. I saw, he writes I it on the board at the end. Game. Didn't he go up three hundred percent? Yeah, it was like three hundred eighty something, yeah. or th- high high three hundreds in terms of like gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the S and P in that same period, I think I saw it was like down three percent. So he, yeah, you know, he but was one an thing, absolute, yeah, um, I like that was how well he stood his ground. You know, when his bosses came into his office and they were like, give me my fucking money. Yeah. Cancel the contracts, yeah. take the loss, and obviously you're going to be fired. And he was like, no, I have the right to do this. You yeah. gave me total control. He threw autonomy. their contract. Yeah. In the he face. threw his contract in the face of his boss at yeah. a very critical time, stood his ground, yeah. and then hopefully was in a position after the movie ended to fire his boss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, happy, happy ending for him. But... 
the confidence it takes to be that far down on your investment and stick to it is incredible. Yeah. Well, because the the cost of the initial cost of those insurance contracts is that premium, that you know monthly or quarterly, whatever it is, yeah. that premium you're paying throughout the life of the contract. You're expecting a giant payment at the end when all the when the when mm-hmm. the um, the insurance payout. Yeah, when the underlying securities uh, uh, go into default, right? So it's like you had to really you had to be certain which. Yeah. Was. I think it's interesting that he chose credit default swaps as an insurance policy instead of just shorting the stock of the banks that, because that he could. That is the thing that I always found interesting. Yeah, because about it. it's all it's shorting it is the simplest option to just short the Bear Stearns stock. Guys, yeah, but the didn't payout the two guys is so much short bigger. The stocks, or were they also getting insurance? I, I don't remember what their strategy you, was. Yeah, but yeah, I forget. Their what payout was much guys? lower. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the two guys and Matt Damon. If I had to bet. I would have Brad Pitt. I don't. Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt was the older guy who, from a bar, oh, helped them right. unload yeah. their swaps. I think it was swaps. Yeah, because they wouldn't need to unload a short position. That's a very easy execution. Right. Yeah. You're actually giving money back to the system when you unload a short. So that's a piece of cake. So it had to be that they were also doing swaps. Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Why is he not on this? Steve Carell's scene where he blows up. Yeah. Um, That's one of my favorite. When he realizes, okay, this is fucked. They, does everybody understand what they're doing yeah. in here? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> that moment where he's just like, "Am I the only one who sees it?" Well, and it's like, and also the uh, that meeting where he's with, uh, oh, they're talking about Bear Stearns, and there there's a whole crowd and whatnot. And he's like, he he really, you can tell he, he's getting really upset, and it's it makes him angry and sad. Mm-hmm. That like this is going on because he knows this is gonna be an an absolute catastrophic uh, event. Yeah, well, Brad and even though he's it, making money on it, or I, he, right, yeah. he's yeah. like, I can't make he's enough like, money to help as many people who are about to as, get boned. Exactly. Well, sure. Well, Brad Pitt points that out when the two young guys are celebrating their win when he helps them yeah. unload their swaps. Yes. He's like, you understand that. Yeah. You being correct means yeah. millions of people are out of work and yeah. a certain percentage of them will die. Yeah. So like, and stop like, fucking oh, smiling. Yeah. 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 That was really good to yeah. put that in perspective. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. that was good. Yeah. Ham- hammer fell home. Yeah. There are a lot of high points and also a lot of just really depressing points in the movie. And I think another thing that frustrated a lot of people was they pointed it out. They pointed it out at the end of the movie, but what one or two people went to jail from the big banks and. In the public eye, it should have been hundreds of people. You know, everyone who put their name on a loan next to an approved stamp Mm -hmm. should have had either a fine or jail time because it's criminal what they were doing knowingly. Yeah. Or even even signing off on a bond rating. Yes. You know, maybe not jail time, but but the fact that you did But to lose their license or not be able to do anything in the financial system ever again because of negligence. One of my favorite things is where they do the satirical... And there was an uprising by the people. They voted in people who reinstalled the Glass-Steagall Act. And he re- and he was like, nope, we didn't do shit. Like, <laughs> we're right back to square one. And now we got senators investing on bills they're making. Yeah. I wonder if there will be a part two. I, I want to see part two, Electric Boogaloo, about Nancy Pelosi's oh trading God. strategies. Oh, oh that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> also, that would be my best boy, uh, Dan Crenshaw made more money than I have I have to backtrack my position on him because he made more money than Nancy Pelosi on the market. Remind me. Dan who Crenshaw, is the Dan Crenshaw? One eyed senator from Texas who is the Navy SEAL. Well good for him for part of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's but pretty rad. It also sounds like he's into some skeevy stuff. Yeah. Really, really POS. 
Yikes. Yeah, it's a well, tough look. People chose him. You know, we complain about these people, but Admittedly, at a certain though, point, they were chosen until by Until 2019, us. their trading portfolios were not publicly available. So, Well, that's ridiculous. Right. So I would argue that anybody who didn't know prior, or anybody chosen prior to 2019, that's not a reason you can say people shouldn't have voted them in because there was no way for them to know. Okay, yeah, let me rephrase. It's not the people's fault. It's their fault. They know that what they're doing is insider trading. They know that they're breaking the rules. And the SEC just, you know, turns their head the other way and says, I don't see a problem here. Right. Blows my mind. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that I'm oversimplifying and that I just need to understand more about why it isn't more highly regulated. Uh, It's because SEC won't touch them because if they do, then the entirety of the Senate and Congress would bear down upon the SEC for new regulations and laws getting struck up that would make it impossible for them to do anything. But do they have direct control over the SEC? I mean, Not you know, direct, the whole... but they make the law. Or... Sure, but, you know, the whole idea behind our government is a balance of power. It would be nice yeah. if an agency yeah. like the SEC was, Objective. to an extent, Totally independent of yeah. all three branches. Not totally independent, but to an extent, yeah. had an independent ability to act. Yeah. And, so that they would and, and to make judgments that well, are... Yeah, and to be able to Whether make you think a, they're fair or not, they're objective and they avoid conflict. You know? yeah. Unfortunately, the checks and balance system for our government is predicated on the fact that people don't abuse the power they have. Oh, yeah. It's like all of economics so, is built upon people behaving rationally, which right. we have shown so, time and time again yeah. we are not capable of doing. Unfortunately, you're, not exactly, you're yeah. right, you know, and yeah. it should work like that. And it, I think technically it probably does, but I think they can probably still make the SEC's life a nightmare. No, so, of course. Yeah. Like, I think it's one of those things where it's like public servants are servants to the people, and they should quit being really bad people. And quit. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have killed. They probably we probably should be really upset that they killed Jeffrey Epstein because he probably Ooh, would have ratted on some. It's a that. nice hot take. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Did you see that the guy who worked with him uh, died in jail by hanging the exact same way? How suspicious! I know, right? I almost believed that for like a second. <laughs> it's not true. Uh, well, back to the movie. One thing I liked yep. was um, Ryan Gosling's character. He was he was he a banker or just a re- I can't remember what his job title was. But regardless, he worked for a bank and he, he brought Goldman, I think, right? to the hedge fund yes. yeah. um, the idea to make this investment. Anyway, he presented them with the idea. But I liked his fervor for his job. Like yeah. when he was at the gym he, and yeah, Steve Carell called that. him or the hedge fund called him and said, yeah. we're going to take your swaps. Yeah. And he got so excited. Or when he was in the bathroom and he was saying, I am jacked. I am jacked to the tits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that is, that was how passionate scene. he is for his work. And he really yeah. seemed to enjoy making Wait, that deal can happen. You, do you remember? I, I don't know why it's, it's slipping me. But for some reason, I had the idea that it was also good for him. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, he, he takes he a commission. Why, why, okay, a so commission. because he's selling yeah. these these swaps, he's getting a commission. Yes, and but and none of that's gonna fall back on on him, right? When these no, things go to he shit, is faci- he's just faci- he's not he's not giving anybody an illegal loan or anything. He's facilitating somebody who's deciding to do a stock swap or a fault swap. Also, yeah, credit default, default swap. Yeah. swaps. So he'll yeah. make money on the spread, whatever that is, and and he'll take his money and run swappy swaps. Yeah, and it won't it if 
Yeah. Okay. So he's just getting he's just getting paid out. He's doing an everyday man's honest, hard, good work, and just is doing his job better than anybody else on earth in that exact minute. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder like, how many of him, quote unquote, you know, there were during this event to bring those if opportunities there was than, to hedge funds, yeah. or if this is just the only one and they found it and uh, showcased it in the movie. If there was more than just him, they probably like. Think about it this way. It, very few people saw this coming. So let's say maybe 100 people saw it coming, or saw it coming who were his job. And of those 100 people, there's a really high likelihood he's the only guy who walked into a door and somebody took him up on it because it was such an astronomical odds. Like That's a good point because he mentioned in the movie he was shot down several times before they accepted mm-hmm. his offer. Right. He'd mm-hmm. made that pitch with his Quant, his Jenga tower before, and his useless assistant who he just berates the whole movie. <laughs> yes, which is <laughs> brutally hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But my like my understanding of sales, having been in it, is you expect to make a thousand phone calls, you get a hundred returned calls, and make one deal from those thousand or initial calls. Yeah. And my guess is this largely operated in the same way where there probably were more than one person realized what was going on. He might have even had buddies that went, hey, what's that sale you're working on? Looked into it and went, that's a real good idea. And then could not execute. I don't know. Did. It seemed like he was keeping it a secret, like that bathroom scene when he was telling his other coworkers to piss off and piss off and get out of the bathroom. You know, he was like, "No, no, no, this is my space. I need to make this call." It seemed like he was keeping it on the down low probably, at work. But it probably eked out a little bit, and he probably was laughed at by anybody who. Oh no, that's right. He mentioned. He said, "My coworkers are making fun of me. They call me Toilet Boy or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Whatever they call them." Yeah. It sounds tough. It's a hard life. <laughs> it's hard life making billions of dollars. Uh, I don't yeah. know. But um, you mentioned it I'd earlier. Be to give it a try. You know the banker, like uh, the banker that Steve Carell was talking to at the restaurant in Vegas when they were at the convention, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Get to know the person you're taking a position against." And that guy who doesn't work for Merrill Lynch, doesn't work for the banks, but he was another middleman. He facilitated the selling of the CDOs to the bank, I believe. I might be getting mm-hmm. that backwards. But either way, he's a middleman. And he was pretty transparent to Steve Carell's character that all he... Mark Baum. He was pretty transparent to Mark yeah, Baum. That's right. That all he was doing was taking advantage of easy money and taking every opportunity that crossed his desk. He seemed to realize... You know, he said, I don't carry any personal liability for this. He mm-hmm. knew that what he was doing was wrong. Yeah. He was just taking free yeah. money. It's like if you're in a house, you know, the classic example of a police officer in a house where there's a drug bust and there's 10,000 cash sitting on that table. You're not hurting anyone. No one is losing by taking $1,000 off of that stack. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what these banks were doing or these this specific job mm-hmm. role at the bank you know he was just mm-hmm. taking advantage of what he knew was a broken system mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's just, just a, a flaw in it's human just nature a string of uh bad incentives just when yeah. incentives are aligned in a way that's not healthy you get uh very often you get bad outcomes uh in the long term in the short term you might get some prosperity you get people who yeah, live, people get homes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. They live in the American <laughs> dream, right? They get their own home. They can afford however much they want. Why and, one but, home, Nick? But, uh, get two homes. Right, exactly. Or, or five, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, like if that, you're like the stripper, that's, stripper yeah, and you stripper, got five yeah. homes. I love that he was going to have one family when you can have five homes in a condo or whatever. It's like <laughs> have a third family with an ultra. Yeah. And that's when he made the phone call. He's like, yeah. okay, this is 
this is out of control. Oh, yeah. I love when he was getting that lap dance. He's like, can you stop? Can we yeah, just can talk about your homes for a for second? A second? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need still, to understand what you're doing. And there's there's bad incentives. You can, ex- you know, there's still some bad incentives. Well, um, you, you know, we had, so we had a very similar instance happen recently and is kind of ongoing right now. Um, and I actually, I tried to talk to what I realized was I tried to bet against it in a similar way, but it was not something that's very possible to do oh. with uh, subprime automotive loans. That's because you didn't go to the bank well, and ask for a coffee cup. They can be sold, unlike a house, you can sell a car overseas for an app, like not a total loss to like Saudi Arabia. It would be harder to sell a house, but I guess you could do it. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Um, and. So, like, there was all these subprime auto loans that came up, like, two or three years ago um, in mass, but we never really heard about it and didn't crash the system like this did because banks were still able to just repossess those cars, even though they were getting them at a huge loss. Yeah, but the total yeah the total value of the cars, even at sticker price, you know, right. is so minuscule so compared to a house. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it was still was Still like, a problem, though. It was still like seven hundred thousand loans or something. Like it was a lot of loans mm-hmm. on the table. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. yeah, it was. Somebody's gonna correct me, and my math's gonna be a little bit, or my time frame's probably a little off on that. But like, it was a thing that we just kind of never heard about. If you, if you were not directly involved in it, it didn't cross your desk. All right. Well, moving forward, you want to discuss? Now, I don't know a lot about this, but cryptocurrency. Oh, yeah. Boy. And we don't have to get into nitty gritty. I just want to talk high level oh. concepts as it relates to the movie and bubbles. You know, there was a housing sure. bubble, right? Yeah. So there are Big people time. saying that over the pandemic and the rapid growth of Bitcoin and other coins you like could Ethereum, you could make a very sound argument and back it up with logic that there is a cryptocurrency bubble and we're just waiting for it to pop. That being said, probably. Let's look at two scenarios. One is it pops and cryptocurrencies you know, go away or go to zero or are otherwise useless and hold no value in anyone's eyes. The other option is they are building value legitimately. And at one point we being the world or the global financial system will switch to a cryptocurrency based monetary system. Reserve currency, right? Yeah. Or a stable coin where cryptocurrency is based on the dollar and the gold. Probably take a while to replace the US dollar. Let's say that. I've always assumed at some point in the distant future, because we'll never get our heads Who knows how distant, right? You're right. Um, That there will be like earth credits or something. Like, there will, will, we'll just have one uh, financial like dollar (laughs) at some point. That's One like financial dollar. Like, well, you know, like the where global it's good, currency. What it's worth yeah. in Europe is what it's worth in the U.S. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, the U.S. dollar is the backing. Or right. I forget the term. It's, I'm forgetting it's, the it, well, it's, the, it's the reserve currency. Thank but you. It's yes. The, yes. the currency upon which everything else is valued. But against, it's only been right? strengthened based on Europe's, Europe's <laughs> Russia's decrease in value. Right. In the short term. It only in the short, in the short term. term. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, who knows what happened. Well, yeah, yeah, but we've, you're right. We've in got the a lot short of term. risk right now for it to devalue in the long term over right. this. But regardless, um what I was gonna say was even if globally cryptocurrency is adopted or stable coins are adopted, in that transition phase, things are gonna get you would imagine really, really rocky, right? You know, we pride ourselves in America on peaceful transitions of power as something we 
up until recently did very well you know like, <laughs> like okay just forget about the last two yeah, yeah. transitions you know we did it really well yeah 70s 80s 90s you know for a nation of our size and economic power mm-hmm. to transition its leader flawlessly without anything more than a protest that's incredible like 40 yeah. times but so then yeah. let's say you transfer your financial system there's no way that that goes off without a huge hiccup somewhere in the mix and i wonder how long that time period would be or how big those it hiccups takes would be one rounding error by one so you guys ever heard of warhammer 40k not yet <laughs> no uh, it's like the sci-fi universe of books and tabletop game and you know all sorts of things they've got video games um i don't think they have a movie yet no, I don't think that movie, but they talk. It's like about this galactic empire that spreads tens of thousands of worlds. It's called Warhammer 40k because it takes it place in the year 40,000. Um, but they talk about like whole planets get erased from history because of rounding errors. Is that going to be us? Like, that's what I'm getting it's at. So that savage. Like, in, 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 <laughs> like, oh my God. An intern could have a rounding error and like wipe out, out Iowa's uh, Iowa's GDP. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, man. It's going to, there's going to be such, like, it's going to be such expansive math that very small errors will screw so many people. Yeah, it has to be a phased plan. Anyway, obviously, this is all hypothetical, and I think we're pretty far off from it. But I think it's just interesting to think about, you know, what might be in the next 10, 20, or 30 years. Because it's something we'll see. We might actually stand a chance at it when quantum computing becomes, like, a more viable Mm -hmm. methodology. Because it's something that will be able to do that predictive analysis and... Right. Actually make it work. Yeah, predicting the future is tough. You're right. But, yeah. you know, th- some things are seen as foolproof, which is the whole premise of the movie is that, you know, regardless of what happens in the future, people are going to buy houses. They're always going to make their mortgage payments, right? That was yeah. an assumed certainty. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, do you see when you, um, just going back to the bubble uh, aspect of this, you mentioned maybe perhaps there could be a, bubble with uh cryptocurrency <laughs> what why what what makes you think that that's um it's I the, guess analogous to the to the housing bubble uh like is that there's perceived value and actual value so you could say that the mm-hmm. value of the american housing market in 2007 was the highest it's ever been and sure the mm-hmm. face value of all of the homes that were under contract or sold was the highest it's ever been. And the year over year growth was the highest right. it's ever been. But the fundamental value was incredibly low because there was 0% chance those payments were ever made. So right. as it relates to so cryptocurrency, it's if, like they if, effectively weren't worth that much right. because no one could actually afford right. to pay. So if those, Ethereum yeah, is at 30,000 in Bitcoin, I think, you know, last year it peaked at 61, 62. Let's say that they both went are up to a hundred thousand each, right? Just because they're valued at that at a certain point in time doesn't in any way guarantee, especially because there's so much debate, especially yeah. from some very large players of hedge yeah. funds. And My, isn't Warren Buffett like famously proud of his lack of investment in cryptocurrency? Mm-hmm. But there's yeah, there's just no fundamental yeah. guarantee. There's no widespread um, yeah. cohesive belief. That I think there is legitimate value there. Yeah, I think my only problem with crypto is that it's yeah, like you said, it's almost entirely based on sentiment. It's it's. That being there, said, everyone believes our paper money is worth something, right? And it's no longer yeah. backed by gold, one hundred percent, right? So I mean, you could enough. say that even the dollars that are in our pockets yeah. and in our bank account, we never yeah. even hold our dollars, yeah. right? Just, we just receive and spend them. But the only yeah. thing is, it actually is 
the world reserve currency. So in that sense, it does have it's a insured backing yeah, to it's an, extent. to an extent. Right, right, right. No, you're right. Um, we have FDIC insurance. Slightly different, but but still same yeah. same general concept. It's still right. uh, treading on, you know. Yeah. But for now, you know, you can own however many well, Bitcoin you can get your hands on, and they are not also, insured. So let's also a big just throw there. out there: everything's fake. Like, <laughs> well, no, like, no, no, it's, not it's everything. All, Hold no, on, because no, like, like you know, it's all made up things that we've just decided yeah. to assign value to and not assign oh, value to. Oh, of course that. Okay, its, okay. I mean, let's base sure. Yeah. I, mean, I was gonna so say like, the actual house will always have value because, right. but only as because a species, it protects us. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. no I mean, like, it has value because it's worth. Yeah, shelter has value because it protects us from nature. Well, we could drop everything and decide to use bottle caps tomorrow. We're well, not going to, and also it has the like, co- it has the cost built in of all all the raw materials. Like you, right? Like in my business, like in for our like uh, real estate funds, like we have our the cost, what it actually costs us to build whatever asset we're looking at. Then mm-hmm. we have the fair value. That's what someone else is willing, willing to, pay to pay for, for it, because that's that based on in your entrepreneurial exactly, and that's based on a discounted cash flow, based on growth of the economy, margins. rent growth, margins, stuff like that. And then we, so we have a cost and a fair value. Those things can be quite different, right? But mm-hmm. at least at the end of the day, you have your co- you have your book value, like what it actually costed you at one point. To and what has, you can get uh, for it if you liquidated it exactly. in that exact minute. Exactly. So has the inflation over the last month slash year, you know, the year over year inflation last month was what, 6.8%. Has that affected mm-hmm. the way y'all are valuing your projects at all? Or is it assumed mm-hmm. to be transitory? Do you factor that in? Like, oh, this might be a fluke year. But because obviously when you're dealing with real estate, you're looking at things over a much longer term. Correct. You know, you're not worrying about what the value is next year. You're talking Correct. about 10, 20, 30 years from now. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if it was something that you were already factoring in, given that the rise in inflation is so quick and recent. Yeah, I, I don't think it's had as much of an effect as people would think. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, it's, it's all based on, you know, the way we value it is it's almost always like a, a future, it's like a level three valuation. So it's based on unobservable, you know, inputs like future cash flows and stuff like that. Um, growth metrics and, and things of that nature. So it's, I don't, yeah, I haven't, I don't work in valuation per se. Like I don't, okay, gotcha. I, yeah, I don't like manage the assets. So I'm not the one doing the, doing those models and stuff like that, but um, yeah, I do know it's, it has affected the market in the sense that it's, um, affected people's, you know, overall sentiment okay. for sure. I mean, the way, whether, where, where they're going to put their money, um, stuff like that. But in terms of like, like multifamily, the, the rent growth has just been, and this is partly, uh, driven by inflation, but the rent growth has been like insane. So, um, right. at least that sector has just been like just exploding our, our single family rentals. Uh, and our and our all multifamily has just been uh, insane. Well, I was gonna say anytime growth is described as insane, yeah. you know the word sustainable is usually not gonna follow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And so, so that's yeah. always a concern that pops up. Yeah. Well, and and we always need to like I think yeah we could definitely use a little bit of a correction here, which I think we're right. seeing Nobody right now. Nobody wants to get corrected, but exactly. well, yeah, that's right. It's been a ten percent drop. We've already had yeah. the correction in the S and P over the last month. But yeah. Which by the way, I think is, is pretty healthy. Like, I think oh, we, of course. we yeah. definitely, you know, I hate to be that dad, you know, I mean, I'm oh, trying not grow, to got, an inch, got a three inches of rain yesterday. Oh, we needed that, <laughs> you know, but like, and just, you know, but I, we did like, we were overextended and I, I think people mm-hmm. are just, you know, and overextended. That's a good word to apply it to cryptocurrency. Yeah. Who's to say that we are not wildly overextended in the valuation right, right. of the few large, large value coins out there. Right. 
Exactly. And then it's time will tell. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with trading sideways for, you know, a, a month or two just to kind of just consolidate, get the market just mm-hmm. to like stabilize, get people off their, you know, um, yeah, one just thing that's calm, calm things down a bit. Frustrating yeah. is just the volatility over the last two years. You know, everything if you if you choose your investments based on historical analysis, you're going to perform very poorly if you were doing that over the last two years because Correct. you know the quote unquote rule book you know just doesn't hasn't really applied to the last few years. Hmm. Like the correction, the ten percent correction in the market that happened in January. You know, January historically is an up month. You could invest blindly January 1st and make a profit by February 1st. Mm-hmm. But that was not the case this year. Yeah. So that's kind of Weird concerning. Stuff, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just feel like to... I know less and less. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, think, I think a lot of us uh, feel that way. Yeah. It gets more and more unsettling the more you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you realize sure. how much you're standing on a table and you realize how many legs it doesn't have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh you guys have anything else you want to hit on on this one? I think I got my thoughts out. It's a very serious movie if you look at what it's discussing, but I think they present it in a light enough manner yeah, that, that it's very engaging and it doesn't engaged, just yeah. make you totally depressed by the end. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. You guys want to give it a rating? Oh, boy. Okay, so there's a film rating and then there's a documentary rating because it kind of does both. Mm-hmm. You know, so as an entertainment piece. Okay, I'm skewed because I enjoyed it so much and I like the content of the movie. You know, but like, so I'd say 85. I really liked it. I was entertained the entire time. Oh, it's out of 100, not uh, 1 through 10? Out of 100. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) same thing. You just moved the decimal point. (laughs) It's all good. You do Um, 8.5. All right, so 8.5. Um, yeah. entertainment or, or sorry I'd say that's entertainment um, okay, documentary value of explaining the information and presenting a historical event I'd drop it down to 70 because so much information has to be taken out in order to fit it into a movie and make it palatable for the masses yeah you know if you read fair. about it anywhere there's so much more to it than that yeah so you just can't pack it all into a movie and make it entertaining I would agree I would agree with the 7-5 documentary and I'd put the entertainment at, um, yeah, let's call it a uh, seven, nine, eight, one. It's one of those. <laughs> no, I'll go eight. Oh, fuck it. I'll go eight, one. Yeah. I was actually going to go 86. Okay. Oh, it's nice. We're all pretty close. The yeah. spread is pretty thin there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think our biggest range is <clears throat> we did a movie. Uh, no, actually, our biggest range has got to be Romeo plus Juliet by Baz Luhrmann. Where oh boy. Kate Lackey gave it like a 92 and I gave it oh, like a three. Come on, dude. <laughs> 92? I mean, uh, uh, she's overextended. Maybe I've been <laughs> maybe I've been watching too much uh too many pizza reviews by Dave Portnoy, but I really think his oh I really think his uh scale, his his um rating scale, it's very fair. It's it's what like is it's his like, scale? So for those of us who have not, yeah. So if you've never watched it, I highly recommend. They're they're funny. They're short clips. You can. They're all on YouTube. They're just funny. He goes to random pizza shops, and just uh, rates the pizza. And oh, I love pe- that. People expect him. You know, take pictures with the, the um, you know, staff and um, kind of learn the history of whatever the place has to offer. But basically, if it's a seven or above, at seven seven to eight, that's a that's a great pizza. Good good pizza. You know, it's not not. Not your sock. You know, it just doesn't knock your socks off, but it's not shitty. It's yeah. If it's around, I'll eat it. Eight, eight between eight and nine is 
I'll travel one to two hours for it. Like this, this is worth traveling for. And above a nine or nine or above is like, you're talking out of like 4,000 pizzas. This is like one of the top, like 10, like this is a real, it's a Michelin star. It's worth going well out of your way to go find it. And you know, granted he is biased. He has a certain style. Like it's, you know, has got to have a good undercarriage has to be charred properly. It's got to be firm. I love that. You know, which I, you know, tend to agree with. Yeah. It should be nice and firm and, I should be able to hold it with one hand and not worry about yeah. it drooping into my yeah. lap. But when people, and people, you know, he'll be like, yeah, this is great pizza. It's, you know, seven, seven, eight. And they'll be like, ah, oh, come on, man. I was hoping in the night. It's like, dude, do you understand like how many pizza places exist yeah. in the world? And you, you think, really? Like, I'd be happy to do a whole podcast talking about and reviewing pizza. I think we could do it. I could stretch that out to an hour. Maybe that'll be our uh, second episode with you guys. What movie would that be? Um, oh, God. Shenanigans with Ryan Rendell. Oh, we could always um, cover Chef. Chef would be a good one. I'm trying to think what pizza-centric movies. Could always do Toy Story. About 30 minutes or less. Truck. I haven't seen that one. Gordon Ramsay's always a hoot, but he, okay. oh, yeah. he kind of, uh, he's, dude, he's a savage man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I love the way he just Either you can take apart. it or you can get out of the kitchen. I, exactly. You know what I like most about Gordon Ramsay, though, is that he has the other side, too. Like, Mm-hmm. When, oh, he's yeah. doing, when he's doing his kids show yeah. he's like he's so tender it's yes. weird yeah uh-huh but like it proves he's not just he's not an asshole he just has high expectations no. he, right. and, and he cares like yes. he cares right. enough he cares to enough. shit on you if you're clearly being right. you know, if, you're, you? if yourself an idiot yeah. sandwich. if you're self-sabotaging <laughs> or not admitting that yeah you know, that you're sucking he would only uh, say it if he thought you, you could do you know? better have you guys ever watched yeah. the yeah. video on the kitchen that defeated gordon ramsay what? What do you mean defeated? What? In it's what sense? Kitchen Nightmares. He tried, like, oh. there's only one restaurant in that whole run that, like... Like, where he just gave up? Where he couldn't fix it, had to leave, came back a year later, it was closing down, turning I'm kind of surprised there was only one. Like... C- couldn't fix it as in, like, there was nothing he would... Like, it was perfect the way No, he like, he showed up, the other way. Get, kept giving him suggestions, oh, kept... But oh. the owner kept telling him <laughs> he didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. And just... Like, did not receive anything. Like, there were definitely businesses that when he left, slipped back into their old habits and went out of business. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, this was, like, the only one that ever... Those are the saddest. He left while it was still on the downswing. And well, she tried to pivot and be like, Gordon Ramsay's why we failed. And he's like, I was the only intelligent thing that walked around those walls. Well, it's tricky because yeah. he can set everything up, but changing people's minds is the hardest thing yes. you can possibly do and that's part of his job is to change people's minds and ways of thinking and mm-hmm. that's a lot harder than changing a menu and redecorating no totally yeah but it, it is an intriguing watch because it is a one-of-one scenario for him you know it's not like his plan failed the execution of his plan failed exactly you know if you he yeah. brought in his own people of course it would succeed but interesting mm-hmm. yeah. what's your time at gibby uh, we have been going two. for an hour and two minutes, so it is about that time, unless okay. you guys have anything else. No, I know you guys want to get it. home. and I'm ready for a this snack. Was, uh, this was fun. Yeah. I, I've never, never done this before. Yeah, man. <laughs> so it, is, you know, like um, all the white people during the pandemic, me and Q decided that this was oh, cheaper white. than a therapist. Yeah. I mean, hey, it, you can... <laughs> Every guy in their 20s. You can really get it out. You know, get it out on the table. Just lay it all out there. What, just by, just out of curiosity, um, how, how many or if you're comfortable sharing, how many listeners are we at? Or like, or are you at? Oh, <laughs> I almost said we. We'll probably have, uh, are we at? yeah, Gibby's guesting. 
Uh, we'll probably have four or five hundred on this one. Okay, Ooh, nice. Oh boy, you don't think it'll wow. be a down round because there's so much technical talk? God, that makes me nervous. Or they realize that it's John and Nick and down, they're like, God, those down voices. People. I just can't listen to them. Downloads, not listens. Ah, uh, that's <laughs> okay. where they get us. Mm-hmm. That's where I get you. There's not a good way to see how many. Like, I use a hosting software well, why would that they fires. Not listen. I download like, a lot that I don't listen to. Yeah, like oh. it gets downloaded to your phone if you're sub- subscribed to it. Oh, yeah. I see. And okay. then if I went into each individual app, like Spotify's analytics or iTunes yeah. analytics, I could get the numbers on right, right. I was how long say, people listen. It's definitely there. Okay. Kind of tough and kind of a hassle because it's split pretty evenly between all of the services right now. So oh, sick. it's like I can't, I would have to get them all, put them all in an Excel spreadsheet. I don't have oh. the time to. Well, if you could just it. get Spotify to pay you for exclusivity, you solve that problem. Why don't you just do that? Yeah, just like a hundred million bucks. Yeah, Maybe that's just, a going contract yeah. they've done before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll they'll pay you, right? Uh, that yeah. should be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love just, it. The interview is you go in there and just podcast with the CEO. I'm just gonna show up with two mics to start talking to him right there. I'm Heck dedicated yeah. to the game. Absolutely, love it, love it. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, guys. man, for having me on. Yeah, Absolutely. Definitely. Appreciate it. I enjoyed it. We'll catch you guys next time, and everybody stay safe out there.